So it is cold out. It means it's for me. It's power metal listening time, <laughs> where I listen to to these like really German sounding bands, and I always have to and look cuddling up to your nuts inside your abdomen. <laughs> I do, I do, and I, I always I'll listen to a band and be like, man, they're really awesome, and then I start typing into like Google, like is Goat Raper a, and then like it always completes like Nazi band, <laughs> and I have to make sure that they're not a Nazi band because they sound super German and angry and like. Nazi-ish. And since you don't yeah, really know what you're saying, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's always a concern. But so far, I've been good. I um, I really like Visigoth is my current oh. one. Not a Nazi band. No. I'll, no. But, but they are mean, trying I, to conquer Rome, so. Yeah, <laughs> I do have concern. <laughs> anyway. It is 2022, but we have not yet done our 2021 year-end spectacular extravaganza. Our uh, review-gasm. I don't know what it is, but we, we every year we go through, we talk about our favorite we top five. We talk about a lot of shit throughout the year. Yeah, and we go through, we look at it, and we're like, okay, what was the best? And or the worst. <laughs> Also true. Mm -hmm. So this is not a regular episode, but we are just going to go through this. We have some a few guest picks. We've got a bunch of other stuff, and we are going. To, first of all, my name. If you are new to this whole thing, I'm Greg. We're not even using silly names. That's how important it is. Wow. My name is Greg. Gerg. Yes, I am here with Rob, founding member of the Give Me Five podcast. Rob, how you doing? I am doing well, Greg. Thank you for asking. What are you angry about today? Because it's always something. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm. Yeah, we already talked about it off camera. Okay, yeah, off say, I'm, I'm angry about my school, but okay, that we're good there. Uh, Omar, hey, 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 how you doing? <clears throat> I'm great. He's he is the new addition to the show this year. Hello, year uh, one, uh, Omar. What do you think of the show so far? Year one. I... How how has your experience been? We we need to send out a um uh, a survey <laughs> so that. We can um, better serve you. Here's the deal. I'm going to be completely real with you because we're since we're starting with our actual names and not joking around. Totally real moment here. This year has been roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> this has been a rough <laughs> year for me. It's been there's I've had a lot go on in my world, but I'm mm -hmm. being completely real that. Um, this whole the the podcast and becoming the um the third guy the third man great record company um the third leg of our tripod yes it really it really like it's been fantastic and i'm i'm loving it and i i i can't wait every week to jump back on and be silly and have a good time and watch terrible terrible movies and uh i really really it's been it's it's been a great this has made this has been like a real highlight of my year and i'm loving it excellent so i'm i'm like super happy and i i hope the listeners are happy 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm having a great time and I'm looking forward to, to 2022 being an awesome, uh, give me five year. So I'm loving it. Let's, let's keep rocking. I love it. Excellent. So, uh, we might be hearing about Omar momentarily, uh, when I do my top five biggest mistakes I've made this year. <laughs> um, uh, that's related fair. to the podcast, of course, <laughs> but, uh, also we, I would like to just right at the beginning, before we get all into this stuff, uh, thank our patrons, because without our patrons, we wouldn't be able to do this. We love you all. We thank you all. Also, just remember, if you hate us, if you are so enraged that you want to send death threats, remember, it's the patron's fault that we're able to do this. <laughs> so feel free, if you want to send death threats to our patrons, you have to become a patron yourself so you can get into our patron-only chat. There you go. So... Uh, it's at patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Check it out. There's a bunch of benefits. You do get a chat room where you can then immediately just go in there and be like, destroy us from the inside. Yeah. But we're more than happy. $5. Kind of like the... what I did to Greg on Saturday night. Oh my God. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that too far? <laughs> your mic's on. Did you know that your mic's on? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> So um, while I both heal mentally and physically, <laughs> we are going to start off by talking about books, Ooh. our top five books of the year. Now, this is a weird one because books take a while to read, uh, especially when you're busy trying to, you know, defile me, Rob. Yeah, uh, I, so... I do audiobooks, so I can do that while I defile you. It's not a problem. <laughs> well, you're a multitasker. Yeah. You know, you get shit done. That's right. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I do... I sometimes see that far away look in his eyes. And I'm like, yeah, just come on. He's not even paying attention anymore, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> is the spark gone? You know, is it gone? <laughs> Focus on me. <laughs> I have needs. Oh, my God. But, uh, the books one is a weird one because you know, it does take sometimes, you know, some of the books we will read will not come out the actual this year. Uh, so we are going to start. Uh, Rob, let's let you start off your top five books of the year. Okay. And like you said, we typically, as far as the books go, we typically do the books that we discovered this year, regardless of when they came out. Mm -hmm. So I will I will go ahead and do my number five is actually one that I started with book one on a, a free Audible book. Uh, promotion or whatever and i actually liked it enough to continue reading the series and i read the entire series and that's one that we talked about just recently and that was elizabeth's legacy that was the series the six book series by victor Kloss about the royal institute of magic is is that the one that was not finished by him because he passed away correct okay correct yeah his brother wrote the the final book in that series my number four is called ten arrows of iron and it's written by Sam Sykes, and it is the second book in his series starring Salva Cacophony. What Very good mean? world. I really, really enjoyed it. I waited a long time for that one, and I hope I don't have to wait as long for the next one, but we'll see. Number three is from a man who writes books like I take dumps. I swear to God, every day you turn around, he's got another book out. That's Brandon Sanderson. Um, And that's the third uh, third book? I think it's the third book in his uh, Skyward series called Cytonic. Uh, for the record, the last time you were at my house, while you were in the restroom, Brandon Sanderson actually released three books. <laughs> I know. And then I... you walked out. And I was like, oh, God. 
Yeah. When you said like you take dumps, I thought you meant like screaming and cursing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some of that, but we won't talk about that. Well, you got to bring up old shit. I'm not here to judge um, you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Cytonic is a really great series with a really strong female lead, um, uh, female pilot uh, in the DDF, which is a space defense force. She's fighting for her world basically against an alien invasion and she's trying to save you know her way of life cuz they're oh, trying the aliens are trying to exterminate them. I might have to read that. I love Sanderson mostly. Sanderson sci-fi? Yeah. And and his young adult stuff. Yeah. Um it starts with the book Skyward. And it's uh okay. it's a, it's a decent series. I've enjoyed it a lot. My number 2 is a book that I actually just discovered this year. I, I came across it while I was looking for something else to read after I finished book number one, or my my number one choice. Um, and that's a book by Justin Call called Master of Sorrows. And it follows a young boy and his his mentor, but the young boy is, of course, you know, destined for, you know, whatever, the the reincarnation of some god or whatever. But, you know, he's he's just a boy. And he doesn't understand what's going on. And he lives in a society where they vilify people who are not perfect or immaculate. And he was born without a left hand. So he, his his left arm, like, ends in a stump. So he was deformed at birth and they were going to kill him. And, you know, the the they killed his parents and the priest rescued him and then raised him in this society or whatever. And hid him the entire time so that he could learn. Um, but it's actually a really good book. It's called Master of Sorrows. Uh, I've read the second one and am anticipating the third. That's a really Anxiously interesting. awaiting the third book. That's an interesting concept. Like that. I, I like I, that. Yeah, it's it's and mm-hmm. and it's another one of those ones that's really well narrated as well. The the narrator. It, there's nothing. There's nothing that kills a book faster for me than a shitty narrator. Mm-hmm. In fact, I tried one of those free books from Audible. I don't even remember what the title was. I got like two chapters in or three chapters in, and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Well, let me ask you, I, Rob. In, in, uh, then he hopped on his horse and he uh, <laughs> rode off and slayed the dragon. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, when you when you say good in your mind, like when you're listening, what what makes a good narrator to you compared to like average or not good? Or like... Um, they they have a non-distinct voice um a lot of times the really the the voices with like the the really different characteristics the the interesting voices don't make great narrators because you focus too much on the actual voice and not what they're saying that makes sense um a a, a, i find that i like a lot of the ones that have uh like a slight english accent or something you know it's not like it's not like pronounced but it's not quite um you know the drab American accent that that we have, and it you know it's not an annoying accent. It's just a it's just a a light accent. Um, people who are narrators who do voices are are excellent, but that doesn't also eliminate ones who don't. I have heard I have heard a couple narrators who are really good, but don't really do a whole lot of voices. Um, they might they might change a little bit of, a, of an inflection to denote male or female speakers, but other than that. It, the voice thing is impressive because, you know, in, in most books, there's a lot of characters. So right. it's impressive when 
You know, I, I, I always try to imagine like their notes, like whatever it is that they're looking at in the studio. How do mm-hmm. they do it? Do they highlight different colors for different voices or like, I always wonder like, what, how do they, how do they write those notes so right. they can keep track of which voice is which? Like that's, right. that's impressive because, like, to me. And, I am and, going to, I am going to jump in here. Okay. Because, uh, I'm the only person that doesn't actually have to be up for work tomorrow and we have about an hour and a half left. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, yeah, push this along as nope, much as possible. You're, my, you're but correct. my number one is my, probably my current favorite series, and that's the Art of the Adept series by Michael G. Manning, and his book Disciple of War came out early this year. Okay. Nice. All right. So my books, I will jump in here, right. I guess, and my, my books, um, not surprising, I believe almost all, yep, all of them, are uh, nonfiction. Uh, there are I have two honorable mentions real quick because one of them is last book on the left by the last podcast on the left people, and um, the only reason it's it's honorable mention is I pretty much read most of that last year. I just because I, I was reading like different chapters like based on what I was listening to at the time, so I kind of jumped around. But it's very good and it's it's all serial killery and stuff. Uh, my other honorable mention is Music is History. That is by Questlove, and it's only that because, again, I've only read a couple chapters, and that will most likely fall higher up next year. Okay. But when I picked these books, I was looking at the ones that you – know, the ones that make you want to stay in the car a little bit longer mm-hmm. for the next chapter or the ones that you actually can't wait to walk the dog or walk or jog or do whatever so you hear it. So my number five was Bruce Lee, A Life. It is – an exhausting story of Bruce Lee's life, but that's in a good way. I mean, it starts from his like great, great, great grandfather, um, all the way through came out a few years ago, but it's, it's spectacular. Uh, green lights actually host Omar reviewed that book. I had been hesitant to read it. Cause I was like, what's Matthew McConaughey going to teach me? Um, and not only was the book very good, the read was spant- was spectacular. And, while I didn't agree with a lot of what he said, or not, well, okay, no, that's not entirely true. I didn't agree with everything he said. I always liked the story that went along that explained why he thought certain things or did certain things. Right, he explains Part- himself well. Yeah, particularly the parts with how his father treated him as a kid, which seemed it seemed very, you know, like go out and kill a, this didn't really happen, but like go out and kill a cougar. And if you make it back, boy, then I'll love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not quite that, but like very, very different than I would be used to. So anyway, green lights was fantastic. Uh, on the kind of the opposite end of that, nothing but a good time. The eighties, um, hair metal book, uh, really interesting, really fun. I thought I knew everything about that era. I didn't. It's great. Very well researched. Uh, number two, not for you, Pearl Jam in the present tense. Also very well researched. The only thing that really kind of pulled that down, it's my favorite band, and I learned a lot from it, so that stuff was great. Um, there was definitely a lot of, of own opinions getting put in there, which w- he warns you at the beginning of the book, but it's a little heavy-handed at times. Hmm. But number one, I'm guessing not, not a lot of you guys are going to have a hard time guessing this because I raved about this book and told everyone to read it. Storyteller by Dave Grohl. It made me feel feelings, made me love that dude even more than I did already. And that's, you know, he is the face of rock and roll these days, basically. And the fact that he's also a great dude is awesome. So Storyteller by Dave Grohl, my number one. All right. Um, Omar's going to be like, uh, I just read the Bible. I, 
over and over again. Um, yeah. Uh, mine also, I didn't realize it until you said it. Mine are also all nonfiction. Um, my, my, the first one I thought of, these are in no particular order. Just the first book that I thought of was Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, cause it was just so, it was just such a great book. I, I couldn't put it down. Um, the second one that I thought of, I just finished. It's called Peter the Great, His Life and World by Robert K. Massey. It is it's like this giant 700 page thing about um the um Peter the Great who is the Tsar of Russia from 1691 I believe until 1725 and it talks about his just all the accomplishments that he did and how like insane the world was at the time um it's a fantastic book if you're into history um number 3 was Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins who is a he was a Navy SEAL and an Army Ranger and oh, – what was the third one? Like uh, whatever special forces. Like he was actually in three different special forces things. Like, And he was like it's, – it's his – Slacker. Yeah, total slacker. But it's his life story. It's really, really amazing. He's approximately our age. He's like in his – I think he's around 44, 45 now. Um, this book came, about, came out about five years ago and it's just his autobiography. It's just his life story. Um, starts, talks about how, like, he had a rough childhood and he gets to the point where he's, like, got a job and he's, like, 300 pounds and he's overweight and whatever. And he decides to become, he sees, like, a commercial or something on TV and he decides to become a Navy SEAL. And he does, he has to, he has three months, like, he goes to the recruiting office and he has three months to, um, to make the weight that he has to be to, like, sign up for, like, at, the next time that he can sign up to become a, uh, uh, to train for seals or whatever, he loses a hundred pounds or like 90 pounds in like three months. Like it's insane. Like, and from there on, like now he's just insane. Like he just, just, he does like 120 mile marathons and stuff like that, like ultra marathons. And his, like, uh, his Instagram is insane. So his name is David Goggins. And I've heard that his audio book is fantastic because you guys, you know, you were saying like, what makes a good audio book? Um, it's read, the actual book itself is read by someone else. And then he actually comes in, it's almost like a podcast where he comes in and talks about the chapter that was just read and like fills in blanks and stuff. Apparently it's fantastic. I haven't heard it. Um, number four is the one I'm currently reading cause I just bought it. I think I put a picture of it in the Patreon chat, um, is the storyteller by Dave Grohl, Tales, Tales of Life and Music, which I agree is like unbelievable i'm about half ish just a little less than halfway through it's blowing my mind um and number five there was a really great book i read early in the year called never split the difference by a guy named chris voss chris voss is a former fbi negotiator and he talks he tells like some stories about like all these crazy experiences they had that he had as a negotiator um talk to you know talking trying to free hostages and 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 whether it was in a you know a bank robbery here in America or people who were like kidnapped in Colombia and like in in Iraq and all these like crazy things and you're also learning the art of negotiation like that's what the book is about and he uses his real life experiences as anecdotes to like highlight it's really really interesting like that's another book that I I I've been I read it all earlier in the year and I just keep going back to like pick up different things 
because it's so it's all written in interpretive dance too it's... which is <laughs> <laughs> yes a lot of feathers but i won't get into that right now i don't want to spoil anything no um it's nice. it's really good uh art of uh never split the difference by chris voss that was my number number five i think uh, i i don't really have the time to do this but um i guess we can try to compile all of these lists and maybe put them on the website or something so that people can actually go back and see these things. All right. Um, maybe I'll try to figure out how to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And then we, we'll, and we'll put links on there to our Amazon like page. And if you click on that, uh, it doesn't cost you any money. We take a little bit of money out of Jeff Bezos' pocket, <laughs> second richest person on the planet. Just a little. <laughs> Gives us like a few cents. But you can actually get the books that, and CDs and or albums and whatever that we're talking How's about. How is he going to eat? Uh, like, I don't... I know. I, don't, I feel I know. bad. Uh... We do have uh, a list from Alec, our patron of Unusual Size. Um, I don't know the reasoning for any of these, although some of them are going to be obvious if you know. Um, his number four uh, is Hip Hop and Other Things by Shea Serrano, which I'm going to have to read. I don't know what it is, but it looks interesting. Uh, number three is Renegades by Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama, which is about their podcast oh, they did yeah. together, mm. um, which looks actually really interesting. I've seen it at Costco. It looks pretty good. Uh Unrequited Infatuations by Steve Van Zant. Uh, again, the, all of these actually I want to want to listen to. I don't know what the first one is, but um, it's Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. So Cast C A S T E like Cast System. Like cast System. So, yeah. yeah. And it is and, unrequited. Unrequited. Yes, that. So those are the books. Uh, Rob, if you have anything else to do, uh, Omar and I are going to talk about the top five albums for the next two hours. <clears throat> uh, no, we're going to go fast because <laughs> I, I I understand that you have like stuff to do. Um, I will start off with Alex's list on this one. Uh, number so it's top five albums. We have uh, a band I have not heard their name in a while, Modest Mouse. Wow, the Golden Casket. That is a band that I hate specifically because of their name. I don't know why, <laughs> but they're good though. They're a good band, but I get the name thing. <laughs> yeah, like every person that I've ever seen wearing a Modest Mouse shirt, I've wanted to fight. <laughs> Just saying. I have severe psychological <laughs> issues. Okay. Incidentally, I just ordered a uh, Modest Mouse shirt. Or a gold casket shirt. <laughs> it's Modest Mouse. It's Modest Mouse. Yeah, you can. Uh, number four, My Morning Jacket. Yay. Self-titled My Morning Jacket album. Uh, which I... So good. Um, the Hold Steady. Open Door Policy. I forgot about that album, and I had listened to that very heavily at the beginning of the year. It's good, yeah. Yeah, I love The Hold uh, The Hold Steady is... I love the stories they tell in their albums. They're, it's one of those... One of those bands where they'll just be like, this song's about Jennifer. And you, like, by the end of the song, you're like, I wish I knew Jennifer. <laughs> like, you'll, like, they just, they'll just sing about someone, like, first name. They probably do that, well, country does that a lot, too, where you'll sing about someone, and by the time you're done, you're like, I know that person. Or I used to know that person. Yeah. Or I'm glad I don't know that person. That's how, but that's uh, how you know that that's a good song, though. That's good songwriting. Yeah. Uh, lead singer has a very weird voice, but <clears throat> I, I happen to like them. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is his number two in the E Street Band, No Nukes, 1979, uh, the concert release, which uh, was talked about on our music episode. Yeah. And number one, The War on Drugs, I Don't Live Here Anymore. After he talked about that on our music episode, I did pick that up. He did mention they do some weird things with voices and guitars, and it caused me to focus on it. And there's like, there's some really interesting music. Like, when you're listening to something, you expect it to go one way and it goes another way. I like it, those it guys. That, I got to check that record. What's the name of the yeah, album? It's great. Uh, I don't live here anymore. I don't live here anymore. So that is his five. Um, so Omar, can you go fast on your top five? Yeah. 
Um, or top 50 or top 300 or whatever. No, no, no. I, I was able to pick... Okay, so these are the top five albums that I listened to the most this year. But the most recent ones <laughs> are, one, Tom Petty Wildflowers from 1994, and two, Pearl Jam Vitology, also from 1994, and the other three just get way, way further back by, like, another 30 years. So I, I did listen to Wildflowers a lot because I just got the double album. And uh, Vitology, because I just bought that record. I've been listening to them, like, over and over again. This entire year, I've been listening to Loaded by The Velvet Underground. Um, that's the record that has, like, Sweet Jane and Rock and Roll and, like, Oh Sweet Nothing. Like, fantastic record. Um, and two Rolling Stones albums. Um, I got the LP for Sticky Fingers, so I've been listening to that over and over and over again. And um, Exile on Main Street, which is, those two are probably my top two favorite albums of all time. But I believe Exile on Main Street was the one that they were making whilst, like, periodically disappearing, like, members were disappearing to go do drugs. Well, yeah. Um, there's a quote from uh, Mick, uh, from um, uh, Keith Richards where he says, when we were making Exile on Main Street, I, 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 I got hooked on heroin and learned to ski. So, so that's diverse. That's a diverse way to live your life. That was recorded in the south of France because they had to leave England yes. because of their um, like massive tax burden that they had to do. So the, it was recorded in the basement of like Keith Richards' like chateau or whatever in the south of France. Um, and they weren't yeah. even in the same room when they were recording the record. Like all the different musicians were in different rooms because the rooms were so small in this basement. But it is a brilliant, brilliant double album. Like, when I hear those two Stones records, Sticky Fingers and Exile, uh, there's no way they didn't sell their soul to some sort of demon. There's no way. There's no way you can write like that. It's not possible. <laughs> I don't care what anybody tells me. It's it's unbelievable. Those records just blow my fucking mind every single time I hear them. But yeah, that's my five really, really well, recent mine, albums. Mine were actually made this year. So I'm going to start off just with two honorable mentions. They are only honorable mentions because they are EPs. Fair enough. Uh, one of them is The Midnight, uh, who used to do our opening song. They did a uh, basically all musical, uh, all instrumental thing called Horror Show, which is really, really good. I think it's five tracks or something. Uh, and all, uh, the DGs, which is yeah. uh, the Foo Fighters, DGs standing for Dave Grohl, but it's a Bee Gees cover album called Hail Satin, and it's really good. But it's also all covers. So, oh, And there's another one. Um, actually, Lean's Very Country. There is um, an album by Jason Isbell, who was formerly in Kentucky uh, – oh, sorry, not Kentucky Headhunters – Drive-By Truckers, uh, who I love. And um, he he released an album of all songs from Georgia. Oh, cool. So he does – and he actually, um, on drums with him, is uh, – what's his face from the Black Crows? Oh, my God, Steve Gorman. Steve he's Gorman. One of my and they play of all time. Because he's from Atlanta. Yeah, so he plays with them, plays with Brandy Carlisle, but plays with a, a who's who of uh, they like they do like a, a country version uh, of Night Swimming. Like it's just all songs. That sounds from really Georgia. good. It's, it's and it it was made in about a month. And so I know you said a, this as by accident, but I haven't heard uh, I haven't heard Kentucky Headhunters in so long, and they were yeah. really good. Like I like them. That is true. Anyway, that's true. That's a digression. Okay. So now we're going to go to my actual top five. Medicine Midnight, Foo Fighters. Talked about Dave Grohl earlier. Uh, just a straight up rock album. Medicine Midnight was really good. It was also one of my like most listened to albums of the year. Uh, 
album that is not my most listened to album of the year, but it came out this year, and I just kind of found it again, and that's Blackberry Smoke is the name of the band. They are so good. You hear Georgia. I did not know much about them. Rob, you'd like them. They are awesome, and they're from Georgia as well, yeah. They're so good. Yeah. Um, They are they're country rock, depending on what song it is, but... I know you like the storytelling aspect of that, at least mm-hmm. from what you what I've heard. Um, there was a lyric that I listened last night. I, I caught it, and there was a lyric he was he's basically was talking about things that that aren't quite the same as they were before. And like the lyric is like, "The more bottles in the house, I know the, the less rent is getting paid." <laughs> these t- and like he's talking about, I think he's talking about his father coming home from like the war. <laughs> no. And like oh he's talking about like the more bottles in the house and he's like talking about him being abusive and like I wish I could go back. Like and it's the way it's written, it's like that kind of like, wow, you're really wishing your father would go back to war, or are you wishing that your father uh it would go back to what your father was like before the war? It was actually very, very That's good. heavy. Nice. Um, so yeah, I was listening to them like three, four times last night. Uh Greta Van Fleet. Oh, so good. Uh Battle of Gardens Gate, you know, everyone was like, well, is this, who are these kids pretending to be Led Zeppelin? When their EP came out, um, he started to learn how to use his voice as a actual instrument instead of, like, something that's kind of a curiosity. So I thought that was really, really good. Uh, it, this is technically a cover album, too, but the Black Keys, Delta Cream, listened to it a bunch on streaming, old blues covers. Yeah, that's a good record. And there's some some originals, I believe, on there, and it was one of those, I listened to it, and as I was listening to it on streaming, I'm like, I need to have this on vinyl because it, it needs it. So that was my number two. But number one, no surprise to anyone because this is possibly my number one album of the past five years. And that is the Halsey album, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. And it's just Halsey, nine, uh, Trent Reznor. Go back and listen to our episode where I talked about it. And, you know. I was just listening to Greta Van Fleet on the way home today. Um, I was listening to Flower Power. Over and over nice. and over again. I just, nice. I was like, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> it's it, it's when I, they hit a guitar solo and it's like, oh, I forgot how much I like guitar solos. There's, they're really, really, really good songwriters for their age. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're like 20. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're going to get better. Like they're getting better. Like that's mind blowing. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> uh, okay. So that is our albums. Love Someone it. Wake up Rob. I know Rob's still here. He listened. Nice. Nice. I don't think anybody really had top five video games. I haven't really had the opportunity to play a whole lot of video games. Um, I do know two of them that came out that I did play that I enjoyed, though, were uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order and uh, Aliens Fireteam. I loved loved Fallen Order. I loved the jumping around the the ship uh, thing where where they're ripping apart the ships. Mm -hmm. That was a fun game. Yeah. So then, uh, if we don't have any video games, um, we can jump ahead. Um, on the list, I had Florida Man, but again, we've been kind of busy, so we did not get a chance. So just uh, every Florida Man wins. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. So here's where we get a little bit different. Now, everyone's going to kind of take this the way they want to. I was a little selfish because we have TV and we have uh, we have streaming. Uh, I really wanted to split those up because so, I had actually – there's probably about 15 streaming shows that I would say are fantastic because streaming is such a – they're able to pinpoint stuff and be a little quirky and take risks. Right. So 
um, whereas TV is a little more mainstream in when it comes to the tastes. So um, everyone's going to kind of have their own thing on this. So you'll just kind of say what you decide, what your criteria was, and then roll with it. So Rob. Okay. Well, um, I had a, I had top five streaming. Um, and when I was looking at my list, I realized that there really was only one TV series on there that was not from a streaming provider. And I'll give that one a special mention. That was Resident Alien. That was that was a really great show, and that was, what, on FX or? Yes, I believe it was FX. I, I think it was FX, but it's it's a really great show, If you and I believe it was renewed for a second season, so yes. check it out. Um, incidentally, I found out today that Cowboy Bebop was canceled after one season. Really? It was, it yeah. was canceled, like, months ago. It was canceled before, like, three weeks after it debuted. I started watching oh, it. Yeah, it was I, pretty cool. I just found out about it. Um. A couple of honorable mentions. One that I can't believe didn't make my top five. Um, I, I one of my honorable mentions was Sweet Tooth, a decent show. I'm looking forward to the next series. the The other honorable mention that I couldn't believe I couldn't squeeze into my top five was Wheel of Time. I've actually enjoyed that series a lot. I'm gonna watch that. But yep. my number five is going to be. One that was renewed for another season, so I'm looking forward to season two. And all of these actually debuted this year. So my number five is Shadow and Bone on Netflix. We we did talk about it on the podcast. I did a brief review of it, but it's it's a really neat it's a really neat world. I, I like the magic system. I like the the story that they've built up, and I'm looking forward to season two. My number four God, and this one hurts me a lot because I really liked this show. But my number four is Hawkeye from Disney Plus. Nice. And it's right behind another Disney Plus show that was probably my favorite Disney Plus show of the year, and that was Loki. Yeah. Um, My number two show surprised me a lot. And I'm like, damn, I didn't realize I would like this as much as I did. And that's Squid Games. But my number one, and it was it was the only show that I can think of where I actually wanted to punch one of the characters in the throat. <laughs> I know exactly which one it is. It's Midnight Mass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking Bev Keen, man. I wanted to punch that bitch in the throat so bad. That she would is... actually be a, a also a really good standout actor, actress or standout Oh, yes. And she she was so good in that, and she she drove my watching because every every episode I was like, "Is somebody gonna kill that bitch? Somebody gonna kill that bitch?" <laughs> she was just yeah. not a nice person, and she played the role so well. It Those was are my a, top five streaming series. Not only was she not a nice person, it was an understated. It wasn't like way over the top, like a like a a Draco Malfoy character or something like that, where they're like sneering and whatever. She's just so pious in what she does and blind to what's actually happening. Yeah, you're good call. The the self-righteousness of it all. Interesting. Yeah. And justifying her being rude and nasty to people and, you know, thinking that she's this pious. It's like, oh, you bitch. But, oh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Omar, do you have anything in the TV or streaming? Yeah, so the way 
I didn't really see it as like TV versus streaming. I just see it as like movies versus like a series, whether it's on streaming or not. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. So for mine, the, I just kind of went with what I really just enjoyed this year or watched a lot. Oh God, he's going to talk about pornography. Mm. That's a whole separate thing. I, I have a separate category for that. No, I'm kidding. Um, so my, um, the lesbian nun category is a number five. <laughs> my, my honorable mention is going to be another life. Cause I thought that was like, so well done. Um, I really like that. Um, in no particular order. This is just the way that I, I thought of, of, of these shows. Um, two of them are very old. They're not even new anymore. This is just what I watched a lot this year. Um, my first one was 30 rock which ended, you know, a while ago. But I just love that show so much. It's so smart and so well done. And Tina Fey is like, you know, call me Tina. Um, Like, she's the, the best. Okay, we'll, we'll, call, we'll call you Tina. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to call me Tina, call me Tina Fey. No, um, she's just so amazing. I, I couldn't help it. I've been watching that show, like, on and off all year. Uh, another one like that that I've been watching on and off all year is The Newsroom, which was on HBO. Um, I love that show. Which is such a phenomenal show, also from around the same time, around around 2010-ish. Um, just so well done, so well written, just a phenomenal show. Um, one that I just watched now over Chris, over like the holiday break for me was Ted Lasso, and I loved it so much. I watched it twice in a row. Like, I binged both seasons. So good. So fucking amazing. So well well written. And you just love that character so much. He's such a... I don't know. It's it just, it's great. Um, always Sunny in Philadelphia is another one that I always go back to. And of course they had a new season this, this year as well, which was, which was good. You know, they, they get, I love that they expand their boundaries. They're always trying new things this year, half the entire season, half of the, half of the season they were in Ireland. Um, so it, it, it made for some interesting things and you got some more backstory and like you learned some things about the characters. But I absolutely love that show. And the real big one for me like that was all year and they had a new season is Rick and Morty. That show just blows my mind. Um, it can be so brutal. It can be hilarious. It can be sad. Um, the music. There's some I've I've like found some great songs on there of like bands that I've never heard of, like Chaos Chaos and stuff like that. Like just really, really good stuff. I, I absolutely love Rick and Morty. Um, so those are my, though that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I wasted my year doing is watching those shows. But, but if, nice. if you've not seen any of them, I'm sure you've heard of most of them, but I highly recommend any of those. If you're, if you're looking to like really get focused on something that's intelligent, in my opinion, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but, um, any one of those will, hopefully blow your mind. Nice. Well, I split mine up TV and streaming, like I said, because I had far too many streaming. And the TV shows I specifically want to talk to, because I talk about, because I do want people to go out and watch them, at least some of them. Uh, My number five has been one of three things. It's been the Connors, what used to be the Roseanne, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and Wellington Paranormal, which Rob added before we started recording. You're welcome. So it's one of those three is my number five. Um... Well, the Connors is not great. I like that they tackle hard subjects that a sitcom wouldn't do. Uh, 
poverty, drug addiction, um, immigration, and they and they show both sides too, where you know the old school characters have opinions that might be counter to the younger characters and things like that, and it's and everything is treated with respect. So it's actually I kind of like it because of that. But um, Wellington Paranormal was probably would be my actual number five. Um, so it's it's by the same people that do my my number one, and it is uh, basically comedy X Files in New Zealand, and it's funny. Uh, number four, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We already just talked about that, so we're good there. Star Girl, that is uh, one of the mm-hmm. f- few DC shows that's still really good. Um, Flash kind of slowed down for me, no pun intended. And um, <laughs> nah, no, I didn't actually even mean. What's funny is I didn't mean to do that. No irony intended. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just I don't know. There's only so much time travel mistakes and stuff like that that you can do. Although, Legends Tomorrow too. But Stargirl, I don't know. I just like the, the I, I've always liked that generational superhero thing. And Stargirl kind of taps into that where it's the, the kids of superheroes that are like now old enough to be grandparents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Alien is my number two. That is the one I really actually wanted to talk about because I actually felt my – that was a weird one because it's a comedy – but it has some really serious moments, and mm-hmm. the lead character is technically doing some terrible things, but he's super likable because of the performance. So I was every that was a week, one that I watched the night it came out every week, not just recorded. But number one was what we do in the shadows, hilarious, funny, mm-hmm. uh, vampires, all that stuff. So. Awesome. And there, there were a bunch of great series that debuted this year. I mean, there were ones that we didn't even mention. I mean, stuff like Invincible, um, yeah. Arcane, WandaVision, uh, The Witcher w- yeah. was returning. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not done with my, my oh. streaming here. Remember, well, uh, I thought you got to number one. That was number one TV. Not I oh, I thought you did streaming. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. No, that was just TV. Streaming. I literally have thirteen, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> That's Omar territory. Uh, yeah. Because somehow Sweet Tooth, Witcher, Loki, Foundation, WandaVision, The Expanse didn't quite make it. Mm, onto there. So, good. so painful, right? Oh yeah. I did. Uh, the Expanse only didn't make it because it's up. It was only on episode four. Of I show. did see so. our uh, resident reindeer, Andrea, earlier today. And nice, I told nice. her about that we were going to do this. And she said, oh, The Witcher. She's loving The Witcher. That's like her. Nice. That was her. Nice. She didn't have time to give me a top five, but she was like, The Witcher, that's the one. Excellent. Yeah. I like her. Okay. So, uh, my top five streaming, uh, I'm I'm doing six because I have to. Uh, number six is going to have, it's, I guess it's going to be Midnight Mass. I wanted it to be number one. I, it's, all of these are, you know what? I'll, I'll do this. My number six is Only Murders in the Building. The Steve Martin, Martin Short oh, yeah. thing. Okay. Um, really good. It's about podcasting, and I will. I'm saying it's bumping down to number six only because sometimes it 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 hurts deep when when the very it hits a little the, too close to home. It does when the uh, uh, when the uh, the overly uh, honest black cop is like, okay, what podcast are you from? <laughs> and like everyone has a podcast, and it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so. She's on awesome. TV. <laughs> yeah. The those commercials with the um not turning into your parents guy mm-hmm. also also hits deep. So, we'll talk about that someday. Uh, uh let's not talk about leaving the game before we actually get in. Yep, yeah, that's my wife. 
<laughs> and the um the uh steve in the produce section great job like that's totally me i've done that before and now i'm gonna actually punch myself in the testicles every time <laughs> <laughs> i don't want that uh, anyway so yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that would be uh, only murders in the building is six number five is um mythic quest okay. love that show season two was great season one was great um it's done by the always sunny people and it's about video game uh a video game company and it's been great and it got a season three so awesome and great actors uh, that means like from different shows yep. in there too yeah and uh number four that makes midnight mass that was another one that i could not wait to watch mm-hmm. it was one of those that like i actually didn't binge it because i was so like it was so good and so exhausting each episode that i actually split it up so that's uh number four number three is hawkeye we talked about that recently mm-hmm. it's great 1971 the documentary on apple tv is great that's another one i split up because i wanted to know the music history i wanted to know the history history and it was just exhaustively researched and they had stuff that i'd never seen number one ted lasso season two so positive and possibly gave me my villain of the year but we'll get to that Mm. later oh so ted lasso uh just a great show had a couple extra episodes that people were like not so sure about but i like that they took some risks because they were basically apple tv said hey your show's getting popular do you want to do a couple more episodes so they did a christmas episode in the middle of july which was sweet and then they did a very interesting strange episode where it was basically one long drug trip and it's all good oh yeah so ted lasso number one the coach beard episode. yeah that was a good episode though excellent yeah good payoff at the end and i will tell you if i ever if I know she's not a real person, but the woman that runs the pub. Oh, uh, there is only that is the one person that I would like to drink with on this planet. I would like her to serve me a Guinness. Yep, she's awesome. Even though she's just an actress, but I want her to. Serve <laughs> Guinness. Okay, uh, Alec jumped in here again. Don't have a lot of reasons why. Number five, Midnight Mass. Number All right, four, Made. That's M A I D. I I actually thought that was an old show that just hit. Um, Netflix or something like that, but um, I guess it was something new, which I did not see. Uh, Hawkeye, number three, so lined mm-hmm. up with me there. Cobra Kai, number two. I've only watched one episode of Cobra mm. Kai, season four, and I know you had some issues with it, which we can, which we will discuss probably next episode. And number Fair one, enough. Ted Lasso. So we got some Ted Lasso love on the Give Me Five podcast. Nice. Right on. I've not met anyone uh, that has seen Ted Lasso that didn't love it. I've never heard anyone say, eh, I don't like it. Everybody loves right. that show. Everyone. Actually, my uh, in-laws did not like it. Really? But they also only watched like one episode for some reason. So, okay, that's know. fair. Okay. We're going to get silly now. It is time to do our masturbatory, what are the best episode titles of 2021? Um, which is actually not 2020 like I left on the thing. <laughs> But there are, are some doozies. There's some great. Our best episodes, oh which are largely things that were said in the episodes, and largely a byproduct of me editing it about one thirty. <laughs> right now, this this is this is just our favorite titles. This isn't necessarily the favorite episodes. There's a lot of episodes, but the a brief review of the titles for our five favorites. Yes. So, uh, let's do Alec first. Oh, sure. he's got. Them. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. He, he's got. Yeah. Them. Uh, number five, 
laser nips. <laughs> nice. What's funny is like I was as I was reading these, I was trying to remember what the reference was because again, five in the morning or one in the morning, whatever. Laser nips is number five. Number four, dungeons and dumbasses. <laughs> that one actually makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Uh, number three, Greg, airboat fetishist. That's funny. I don't remember what that was about. I think I said something about having sex with an airboat. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Yeah. That was like really early in the year, too. Yeah. Uh, number two, dreaming of Randy Quaid. Nice. That's just a th- that's just a thing Aren't I do. Are we all dreaming? Yep. And number one, in honor of Omar, please don't sever my penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Which he said as he was laughing and horrified at yeah. the same time. It was very early on, I believe, in his time on the podcast. And I like, think he, what did I get myself uh-huh. into? Yeah, I think please, he was like, wait, is this a thing? Sever my penis. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> funny wait, until the reality hit the me. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what you signed up for. <laughs> Always read the terms yeah. of service. <laughs> uh, okay. As usual, Alec kills it. His lists are always just spot on. Um, a few of his that he mentioned were on my kind of honorable mentions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who's up? Who, who wants to go? Rob, you want to uh, do yours? Sure. I can go first. I don't usually go first. Um, my number five is episode 192, side A, and that's Butt Canaries. (laughs) My number four is 204B, side B, and that's in honor of Omar. Please don't sever my penis. Okay. My number three is actually a two-way, and I and I went with. You'll see why I chose two of them for number three because number three is episode one eighty-six side A and one ninety side B, and that's the Rhodesian Swan Dive and the Muddy Dutch. <laughs> both, Since they both things you never want to try to do on a first right. Day. That's right. Every time I see the that's Rhodesian right. Swan Dive title, I just laugh. I just laugh out loud. I just can't help it. <laughs> Number two is episode 211, side A, and that's possum-sized lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) But number one, the one that made me laugh out loud as I was reviewing the titles, and every time I come across it, I'm like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Episode 183, side A, the great gonorrhea giveaway. (laughs) Sharing is caring. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Nice. Well, those are my top five. Nice, nice. nice. Uh, I guess I can go. Sure, whatever. You... Uh, go ahead, Omar. I've I've talked. Um, about number five. This just cracks me up. Bummer sandwich. <laughs> I just love it. I love that. <laughs> that was when Rob was mad about that one movie with Andrew Garfield, right? Or not Andrew Garfield? Uh, Tom Holland. Is that what that was? That oh what yeah. It was yeah. I was like, God, it's just a big bummer ah, sandwich. That's funny. I love it. <laughs> Uh, number four is three guys talking to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that one was that one was painfully accurate. I was about to use that one, and then I decided it hurt. But that's why I picked it because it's so funny. Like it's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, number three. Well, <clears throat> polite Canadian hate mail <laughs> <laughs> because it's Canadian. It's hate mail, but it's like, hey, I'm sorry, but I hate you, eh? Um, number two. I'm sorry, I have to kill you. <laughs> number two, I also had the great gonorrhea giveaway. 
And number one, and as I was looking through the list of them, this, I just, and I remember this conversation too, and I just was dying. Rob knows exactly how many Bring It On movies there are. (laughs) (laughs) And you made us guess. We were like guessing, and I'm like, ah, it can't be more than like four. And you were like, oh, like nine or whatever the hell the answer. And I was like, what the fuck? Really? That many Bring It On movies? There's eight. Was it eight? Yeah, no, I don't know. It's like, he's like, there's eight, but if you count the extended Bring It On universe. <laughs> yeah. There was an after credit scene in a movie that could technically be the ninth one. They're in the same universe. We're like, huh? And you're like, wait, what? And how does this tie into Endgame? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, there, there, yeah there, there's no way you're not on a watch list for that. So that one just made me, I, was, I just started laughing as soon as I saw the Bring It On thing. I couldn't, I, I was like, that's got to be my number one. There's no way. Oh, thank you, Rob. That's actually two of that's actually two of our friends that know exactly how many Bring It On movies there are. I know at least one other friend oh that loves that series. Um, okay, I'm gonna go here. I have actually, well, mostly the same, but um, we will go with uh, "Don't Sever My Penis" as my number five. <laughs> um, now I've got a triplet, like the the trilogy of Rob titles. Oh God! Here. Okay, uh, Mom thinks Rob is a furry. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Uh, which is one. Uh, also, in which Rob laughs at dead dogs mm. is another one. <laughs> and I don't uh, even remember that one. That you... in which, it was it Wait. was recent actually. I forget. It was a side B, I think. Oh. Um, and uh, the other one is Rob knows exactly how many Bring It On yeah. movies yeah. there are. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Which is true. It's not a yeah. lie. Uh, number three, butt canaries. <laughs> there you go. The first two were, like, not dirty, so they made me laugh more. Like, wherefore art thou Mothra? Oh, I like that For one. some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. It just makes me laugh. But my number one, and it's basically because of the visual, continuity dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I just picture this poor... Em- to electrodes. <laughs> yeah, like, I picture this, like, poor, like, emaciated dolphin that just wants to, like, die with, like, a helmet with, like, all sorts of, like, things coming out of it and, like, it was like a, like, a little readout that comes out on a piece of paper or something that's, like, kill Doesn't me. Doesn't match. Doesn't match. <laughs> yeah, right? Kill me. Kill me. Like, uh, so, the continuity dolphin is my number very good. one. Yeah. And those are all, all the ones that you guys mentioned were also ones that stood out to me, like, as I was looking through. Yeah. Like the the whole list, all of those were just ones that was like, "Ooh, those are good too," you know. But you got to kind of mm-hmm. got to pick something. I tried not to do my usual seventeen long list, you know. Nice. So we are going to talk about kids' movies. Uh, so I did not get a chance to get my kid to actually do this because he actually got home from school today and fell asleep for like five hours. So, so yeah. So I didn't get a chance to, but I will try to get him to do his top five kids' movies. Uh, I know, Rob, you have that one. Alec has one. I've got one. I don't have one uh, for Rob. kids' movies. All right, so, uh, Rob, go ahead. All right. Uh, at number five, I've got a Netflix movie, uh, Netflix original. The I believe we even talked about it on the podcast. That was Night Books. Number four, I've got Cruella. At number three, I've got Jungle Cruise. At number two, I've got Raya and the Last or Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay, yeah, yeah. But my number one kids movie of the year, and it was a movie that I freaking loved, and I think all of us loved it, was Mitchell's versus the Machines. That's what I thought oh, you were going to say. Yeah, it's it's going to be a shame if that doesn't. Win. It it's the future of animation. 
with the fact that it it somehow seamlessly ties in tech like what kids are doing with technology without it being so overbearing mm-hmm. like dropping facebook references or instagram references or like stuff is really awkward it's just a great it's a great movie um i'm gonna read alex right now so we've got uh number five is uh the adams family two okay uh, number four, he put it in as a kid's movie, but he did see it with his kids. So Ghostbusters Afterlife. Nice. Uh, Sing 2 is his number three. I haven't seen that yet, but I really I want, to. It I want to. It's got phenomenal well. reviews, actually. The first one was uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, speaking of music, is Encanto, which just hit Disney Plus, and it was very good. Watched that Christmas Day. And Luca, another Disney Plus one. Disney Plus movie. So we got... Uh, to Disney Plus. Well, Encanto was in the theaters first, then Disney Plus. Uh, so mine, I did mine very quickly, but it did get adjusted based on conversations pre-episode. My number five is Cruella. Really loved the soundtrack, really loved the story. Mm-hmm. Um, was fairly happy that there were no dead uh, Dalmatians, because <laughs> can't deal with that. Mm. Uh, number four is Luca. Uh, I like that. I, I liked... Okay, I like the silly accents. Who am I kidding? Silencio, uh, Bruno. Yeah, that right there. There you go. Uh, number three was Encanto. It's, it is actually way more musical than I usually like, but it was beautiful. Like, the, the visuals were incredible. And as a 3D artist myself, I, I, can, I can go all in. Number two, Raya and the Last Dragon. And number one, Lines Up with Rob, which is one of the signs of the apocalypse. Mm. Mitchell's Verse the Machines. Hilarious. Almost made it to my in my top five movies of the year too, that weren't even kids movies. But I decided not to do that. Nice. Uh, so, speaking of, we are on to movies. We are. And I actually separated mine out. I I did top five. I did top five movies that were in the theaters, and then I did top five movies that were just on or that were on streaming. Okay, I'm, I am interested in this. Okay. So, bring it on. Which one do you want me to do first? <laughs> See what I did there? Bring it on. You're like, which one? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to make you rate the Bring It On movies. I think. I have not seen all of them. <laughs> well, we have a whole year. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's We are now the Give Me Five Bring It On movies. <laughs> That's going to be this summer's Podcast. thing. It's going to be summer. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Give me five, colon. Bring it on. Oh, God. We actually now have to do it. (laughs) Well, there's eight of them. That's the whole summer. That's perfect. Oh, Jesus. We got July and August. Done. You just made me laugh so hard I broke my baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. All right. Um. I'll start with the streaming movies. Because at number five, I've got a movie that we came across and Greg and I watched it on his porch at night. And it was... It sounds very romantic. It was exactly what I wanted from this movie. And it was perfect. And that's Willy's Wonderland. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. With Nicolas Cage. Loved it. He had like, what, three lines? And in fact, you know what? That's my number four, because my number five will be Red Notice. 
Okay. With with Ryan Reynolds and The Rock yeah. and Gal Gadot. Or Gal Gadot. So Red Notice is number five. Willy's Wonderland is number four. Number three, one that I came across that I actually really enjoyed was Night Teeth. Oh, yeah. Stylized. That, mm-hmm. opening, that opening sequence was worth it just for that, and it actually was a good movie. Number two, Gunpowder Milkshake. Mm. Very enjoyable. Too. What's that? Forgot about that one as well. But number one. I have to say, I was very impressed with it. I was worried about where they were going to go. They worked it out. They they settled my issues. And I very much enjoyed the three-movie trilogy of Fear Street. Mm. Excellent. I, I very much like those. Those are probably going to get rotated into my Halloween watching every year now. The Fear Street ones? Yeah. Yeah. Really good, really good trilogy of movies. Mm-hmm. And a scene from one of those movies, we won't talk about it right now, but might show up in my holy shit moments. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, does anybody else have the streaming movies, or should I just do my top five? I would do your top, your top five. Okay. Number five may not be a popular choice, but I very much enjoyed the kind of reboot? Suicide Squad. Okay. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I a lot of enjoy- people suck my balls. I enjoyed the shit out of awesome. it. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. Um, number four, another remake, I know, right, that I actually liked. What? Dune. Hmm? I am looking forward to the next installment. I thought this one was very well done. Number three, this was one of the movies that I was looking forward to like the most and i'm very happy with how they pulled it off i liked it very much and that was ghostbusters afterlife watching that tomorrow i bought it today so you haven't seen it yet no nope. i haven't seen it oh yet. You... is it on any let me know anything? what you think uh it's available for purchase for 19 bucks on whatever so i bought it i bought it today this afternoon and then to own or just to watch it to own okay. excellent i'll check like amazon digital. maybe i can Copy. rent it yeah, I think I, it might be available for rent, but... Number two, a movie that surprised me because it was a character that I knew nothing about and they told they told the story of a superhero that I knew nothing about that I enjoyed the shit out of, and that was Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. But my number one is a movie that I very recently saw, and there was... The the continuity dolphin was working overtime because Spider Man No Way Home had a whole lot of of mixing and matching from different universes, different threads going here and there and everywhere, and they weaved them all together perfectly, in my opinion. Spider Man No Way Home, my number one movie of the year. When you said you recently watched it, I thought it was going to be the uh, One Night in Javier starring Omar. Yes. That was my honorable mention, actually. That was supposed to be strictly yeah. hush hush, but okay, it's out of the bag now. <laughs> I thought, I mean, I thought it was a wide release. You like, there were trailers for two nights in Javier. Yeah, that was just for me, but thank you. <laughs> uh, well, check your email before you send oh, it again. God. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, fine. I deserve that. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, my my top five movies. Uh, 
Very close to uh, Rob's there. My uh, number five is Dune. Uh, I had to watch it twice before I really wrapped my brain around it, but partially because it was a very big movie and I was watching it in a very small, well, relatively small television, considering it was also in IMAX. That that definitely was one that I think would benefit from seeing in the theater. Yeah. Uh, So that was number five. Uh, Number four, Suicide Squad. Nice. I had fun with it, you know? I had fun with it. I, I've watched it like three times already. Just put it on the background when I work. And, um, I, I liked it. Uh, number three, I just watched last night, actually. But it did come out earlier this year. Um, Green Knight, man. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I haven't seen yeah, that. I haven't yet. seen I that. That to. looks good. It's might be polarizing because it does. it's not super action-packed. But it is based on – it's based on classic – medieval poetry so no one really knows who wrote it yeah like sir gawain um, and the green the arthurian legend yeah yeah it's like all arthur and like honestly as i was watching it uh i wish that someone would just like i don't know how profitable it would be but i just wish that someone would just make these type of movies where it's not over the top and it's just telling these tales that would have to be read on scrolls and stuff uh the music is all period specific for the most part, there's really good performances. There's the occasional actor or actress that you're like, wait, I know that person. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really good. And it has a very interesting – you really have to pay attention to it because it definitely has a very interesting ending. And I think the last, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes, there's really no, no words directed at the viewer. Like there, there might be words, but it's mostly like, you know, when something is traumatic and the music is swelling, but you really can't hear what the people are saying. Um, and it's, it's good. It's interesting. I don't want to spoil it. So stop. Uh, number two, Shang-Chi. Nice. Uh, two of my favorite, uh, action sequences of the year, the side of the building with the bamboo, like, uh, structure mm-hmm. and the bus the fight bus. at the beginning yep. were both great. Um, and I didn't know anything about that character either, but my number one, of course, is going to be Spider-Man as well. Uh, good job. Continuity Dolphin, as you said. Mm-hmm. Both movies that I want to say I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Mm. Does Alec have a list? Uh, uh, yes. He's must for movies. Yeah. Well, it's actually different ones. <clears throat> um, a movie I don't know No is number five. No Sudden Move. Hmm. Number four, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, in this case, wow. he's wrong. He, in this case, he is wrong. It's actually number <laughs> one. This is true. Um, wait, I'm reading it. He can't stop me. Uh, his number one is Spider-Man The <laughs> <and> Win. <laughs> his, his number three is Pig, which I have run into on so many best of lists, and it's a Nicolas Cage movie. Mm-hmm. about. And I'm going to have to watch it probably in the next few days because I'm very interested. Uh, number two is Dune. And number one, The Power of the Dog, which is actually his number four because of Spider-Man No Way Home, bumping it out number one. So The Power of the Dog, no longer number one. Oh, you you're bumping it for him. That's good. And and who's in that movie, Greg? The Power of the Dog. Yeah, I have no idea. Do you know? I've not heard of it. Very kind, humble patch. Oh, that is that is Benadryl uh, Stumplebun. <laughs> yep. Um, interesting. <clears throat> all right, very cool. I had forgotten about all the movies that I watched this year because I was so focused on. Shows, 
but like listening to you guys and it, like it jogged my memory. So I have a quick top five that's in no particular order. Fair? Is that go fair? for it. Yeah, go um, for it. My number one would probably be Red Notice because it was like really good. Um, I really did love Suicide Squad. I thought it was really well done because <laughs> the original, the first one was just so not. It just, oh, uh, no, no, thank you. Um, Dune, I really liked, and I agree, like, I didn't mm-hmm. see it on the big screen, but, I don't know, I just some, liked something about the atmosphere of it. Um, I really did like, I, and I know it didn't need to be made, but I really liked The Matrix. Like, I just liked that story, and I liked the continuation of it. Um, and <clears throat> my last two, because it was kind of like a tie... The Michael B. Jordan movie, the Without Remorse. Remember the Tom Clancy one? I thought mm-hmm. that was a really kick-ass movie. And I also watched Free Guy this year. Um, I don't know if it came out this year or not, but I hadn't seen it. it. Yep. And I just thought it was that was that was an honorable mention. Yeah, I just thought it was so fun. It was just like a such a fun. Most of Ryan Reynolds. They movies really are, and I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it, but he's on. He's in Red Notice too. Like they're just. He, he's just such a great happy character you know i love it i I thought i thought free guy was really i thought it was pretty clever you know um so that's my quickly put together i don't think any of those movies had a bacon dick pumpkin patch in them i'm sorry (laughs) i apologize for that (laughs) but i'll I'll do better next time (laughs) i mean you got to make sure that uh breadstick uh stick oh my god (laughs) <laughs> Breadstick crusty buns. I mean, he's got to be in one of these movies. Are you trying to turn me on? Like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Uh, That's funny. Uh, sorry. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, battle, battle toad tennis battle match. Toad t- <laughs> Is that what you came up with, or are you looking at a list? I'm combining a bunch of just random okay. shit. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's ridiculous. There, there, there is. I did find a list, but a lot of a lot of the list is like just dirty and not funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know, bend her over, coming her back. Like, <laughs> oh, no, okay. that's not funny. Yeah. But but when you, when you can rock out with battle, battle toad, toad. <laughs> tennis match, <laughs> you add that absolutely is is that is comedy. Uh, <laughs> it's comedy gold, really. Yeah. And I, I combined those two That's together, funny. but I did not think of the two individual words. Okay, that is our movies. Uh, we That was some good movies. We also do bad movies. And our bad movies are usually reserved for Side B episodes, because if they were on a Side A episode, Rob has unlimited time to talk about it, and our Side A episodes get very long. <laughs> <laughs> so our Side B episodes, we watch movies from the 80s, 90s, 70s, um, and some from the you know 2000s, whatever. So we are going to do our top five worst movies that we watched this year. And, I, and I'll go first for first time in a while. And uh, this was actually hard because we had to go through and like find it all. But uh, my number five was Megaforce because I remember th- wanting to see that movie so many times as a kid. And I guess I did. It was just not nearly as cool as the poster. Mm-hmm. So that's my number five. Number four, Dungeons and Dragons because of what it could have been. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. God. 
because we did it in honor How did of I not Tawny put that on my list? We did that in honor of mm-hmm. Tawny Katane, mm-hmm. and it just felt uh, predatory. Our hearts were in the right place, we've... but it didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, That movie was no your Hunter from the Future. <laughs> the best movie ever made that was kind of half of a Star Wars movie because in the middle of it, Star Wars became popular. <laughs> so they decided to change the, what the movie was about. That's funny. And I'm not even kidding about that. Uh, that's, that's that. Uh, Perils of Grendel, number three. Number two, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh, God. Mm. I, yeah. It was, it was, you know, just... The, the director you knew was like, I like chicks with rocket launchers. Let's make a whole movie <laughs> based on that. Uh, and number one, Microwave Massacre. I kind of forgot about that we watched that. And then I was like thinking of all the worst scenes in movies that we watched this year. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that like three or four of them were from that movie. Like the the like construction worker sitting there eating a sandwich. Or the peeing on the carpet line or just anything. It was so bad. Really, really bad. And any of those are honestly just bad for different reasons, so they're all interchangeable. But that's my worst movies of the year. Nicely done. All right. I got one for – Alec just has one. Okay. Uh, he said the worst movie of the year is The Sound of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Look at, and he said just for Omar, which he's I, – I believe that he's giving you a look as he's saying that's it. That's fair. I deserve that, Alec. I really did. That's how you started your run. That is, that was, that's the one. Yeah. Yep. It's true. Okay. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead. Well, we're going to ignore Omar's faux pas and not talk about the movie that shall not be mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) My number five is going to be Microwave Massacre. Just a terrible movie. All around. Number four, Phoenix the Warrior. Yep. That was a shit show. Great poster. Terrible movie. Number three, and number two, movies that were supposed to be good, but were not. And in fact, they were so not good, they were really bad. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. How bad Jaws were they? Four. Oh yeah. yeah. And Superman oh, 4. Yeah. I believe those were actually the two most painful weeks of the summer for me. And they were back to back. They yep. were, and you wanted them to be good. Yeah. You did. And they they just weren't. Thankfully Adventures in Babysitting and some of those other movies were like Disorderlies, which was surprisingly better than what we remembered. Yeah, yeah. And much better than those two. Oh yeah. god. But that's not setting the bar no, real high. That's, not that's true. <laughs> My number one, I still have nightmares. <laughs> I occasionally wake up hearing, Aah! Oh, is that the annoying little kid? Yes! Six string samurai. Hmm. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, I definitely like that movie more than you. I didn't like it as in, like, it's a great movie, but there was a few moments of that movie that I was like, oh, this is stylized and kind of cool. But yes, the the child, that movie would have been better if the Six Dream Samurai beheaded that kid. Yes. Just saying. 
that might have moved it up on my on my list of movies I liked that we reviewed. Yeah, my number one movie this year <laughs> was just the one second scene of that child getting beheaded. Okay. Uh, well, Omar, did you do this yet? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. Um, the I think we're well, there's a theme because my number five is also uh Megaforce because it was just so bad. Like with the motorcycles and the rocket launchers and yeah. shit. Um, <clears throat> number four, hard ticket to Hawaii. I wanted. Okay, no. Number three, <laughs> <laughs> the perils of Gwendolyn in the land of the Yik Yak. That was just. Uh, uh, number two, I think people will be surprised. The thing that got me about this one, before I even say what it is, is it was taking itself so seriously like it, it wasn't even i I, the, I i i can see the filmmakers were thinking they were making like a real legitimate whatever movie and some people love this movie so and i'm sure i'm gonna get some hate for it scanners it just wasn't oh. it just wasn't it was just it was bad because they were like trying to make a real it seemed like they were going for this like esoteric whatever something or other it was just bad It dragged it. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, it's just. And then number one is a tie. Uh oh. Um, Phoenix the Warrior. And I know you can hear it coming. A sound of thunder. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and so Phoenix the Warrior is your number one because we're not. We don't ever talk about that movie. Again. Well, and I remember like I liked the book so much. And I had seen the movie like a decade earlier or whatever, and I was like, ah, this is a good one. This is fun. And then I was like, what the fuck? This is terrible. What the hell happened? Theoretically, Rob, could we Sound of Thunder the movie out of it? <laughs> like going, we go back in time and kill and step every on a dragonfly or some shit? No, no, kill everyone associated with that movie. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting approach. It'll never happen. Yeah. That, that means you too. That's another <laughs> fourth wall breaking movie where you have to talk about. The, we should make a movie in which we try to keep the sound of thunder from being made by designing a time machine, going back in time, <laughs> and doing all and that. killing a dinosaur, <laughs> yes. so that they can't go back and kill that dinosaur. Yes, nicely done. Okay, so we are heading to kind of a, a more of a mishmash uh, type categories where a lot of the it can be anything. It's not just movies or books or anything like that. It's it's overall media. So. And I think I might be the only one that has some of these. And these are some of these things that I kind of keep track of throughout the year. So maybe it's something that you guys don't. But we'll see. My uh, next one, or the next one, is Holy Shit Moments. Uh, just as an example, like, you know, a Holy Shit Moment a few years ago, spoiler alert, would have been, like, the reveal of Baby Yoda. Like, we are like, whoa, like, completely surprised you. Or the and... destruction of the Razor Crest. Yeah, yes, exactly. So... And this, of course, is just moments that I was somewhat surprised over or happy about or something like that. So this one actually w jumped into my list thanks to Rob. And I would say uh, one of my holy shit moments, even though I knew it was going to happen, was the Spider-Man all meeting up. But very specifically, the um, the uh, Andrew Garfield MJ moment. Oh, God, it was such a good scene. I've got to see that. So, so well written. <clears throat> yeah. Have you seen all the other Spider-Man movies? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, my number four, I kind of knew that this was going to be a thing, 
but Kingpin appearing in Hawkeye. Mm. I only knew it was going to be a thing, not because uh, Vincent D'Onofrio started talking about Kingpin a little bit more on Twitter around, like, right when that show came out. So I was like, okay, I wonder. That was uh, cool. That was very cool. And he was talking about, like, how it was an honor to play the character and stuff like that, like, the week before it came out. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, my number three, I had Suicide Squad's Saving Private Ryan-esque opening for, like... <laughs> Uh, but I also, at the same time, just because things got adjusted, I also have the bread slicer kill from Fear Street. Mm. Because you saw it coming, but you didn't see it coming quite to the level that it did. It was great. It was old school, like, you know, 80s gore porn. So the bread slicer kill or Suicide Squad Saving Private Ryan is two separate things, but it's close enough. Uh, number two is only is a holy shit moment for me because I had no idea this was coming and this is absolutely something that I would know was coming and you guys might not even remember it but Guns N' Roses randomly releasing two brand new tracks this year like huh like where did that come from like I yeah fo- I, I don't follow... know about the second one but I know one of them was at least shit they weren't great there was one called Hard School which is actually a little better but it's not neither what was the other one perfect, um, but... with the weird video yeah, it was like what the fuck? Do or or sure. yeah, 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 yeah. That was not. It's but either it, just the fact that it existed yeah. and like I didn't know about it was crazy. Oh, you mean like that you didn't know about it before, like prior to its like release. so like yeah, when I yeah, yeah. randomly saw it when I opened up Am- uh, Amazon Music or sorry Apple Music and I randomly saw a thing and I was like, why are there a Guns N' Roses song and it just was there with nobody knowing about it. Uh, and I, my number one, I think it was number one for two reasons but just the overall feeling about it the uh, mass suicides scene in midnight mass towards kind of the end was it was crazy just the people like all the different emotions the parents with their kids the the people that didn't come back the things that were happening the just all of that um it was fairly emotional for me also i have made the mistake of hearing the jonestown tapes Oh, uh, which no. does which you wonder how people can do that, and then you watch that show, and it's the show does a really good job of luring the characters into this belief, and you're watching it knowing that this angel thing exists, this this vampire creature, but think about if you were living in that area, like that could be someone a a possessed person or a, a shyster is that what I'm looking for. A con mm-hmm. man, uh, fake religious figure, right. convincing people otherwise, and it it made it very real. Like a cult leader, basically. That, yeah, yeah, like a cult leader. It, it made it very real, and I thought it was very, very intense and very well done. So, thus, holy shit. And I'm sure there's more, but... Um, I think my holy shit moment from there was... Um, uh, oh, what's what's his name? The, the, the guy that the guy took the girl Friday, out on the... The took, Friday Night Lights guy? That took the girl out on the boat so that he could, yeah. so that he couldn't get away, and mm-hmm. and then basically committed suicide in the sun. Yeah, like early in the series, and he's a decent name actor. Yeah. Um, so that those would be my holy shit moments, which um, I don't believe there are any more. So we will jump ahead. There were there were a number of holy shit moments in uh, Squid Games. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, though, though, for that one, I it was almost on my list, but I still never finished it. Ooh, um, really? Get through it, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm at the dinner table scene, but I don't know what's happening there. Um, 
was the dude that dies on the sliding board and slides down with the long streak of blood. Like that was like, Ooh, <laughs> mm. the best one out of that for me, out of that show is like the first episode when they're doing the, um, red light, green red light, light, green light. You're just like, yeah. what the fuck is going on now? Like what? Like just bullets flying. <laughs> like, and then from there on, you kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is for real. You know? Yeah. So now I think we are jumping to breakout performers. So uh, it was this one. I have another one. These are people that you first – they might have been around in other things, but they finally jumped to a level where you're like, oh, shit. Like, damn. Like, this person is a star. So did anyone have any of those? Other than I, I, had, I had a couple. I think we all have the okay. same one young lady that was really impressive. Um. So. I, I do have I do have six. I will I will give an honorable mention to Catherine Hahn from WandaVision, who was absolutely amazing as Agatha. Yep. She it really was, was Agatha all along. My number five, though, is another Disney Plus person who doesn't really have a whole lot to her. I mean, she's done a bunch of like TV stuff, but that's that's pretty much it. And that's Sophia DiMartino. Who that, was she? That was Sylvie from Loki. Oh, yeah. Really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was good. Adorable. Mm-hmm. My number four is uh, Simu Liu and Menger Zhang. I'm glad you said that before I had to. Yeah, because I bet they're on your list, too. But that's uh, Shang-Chi and his sister. Oh, what was his sister's name? Uh, I'm not sure. Manger Zong was the sister, Simu Li was Shang-Chi. Yeah. Her sister's name is now the boss lady. The boss lady. They're my number four. They also both had not been in much of anything prior to being in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Number three. She is absolutely adorable. Um actually, you know what? There's two. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a twofer for number three. Okay. Uh Haley Steinfeld, who played Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. And, um, oh, God, what is that girl's name? The girl who plays Siri in The Witcher. Uh, she was my number one breakout last year. Oh, no, no, Siri. Um, I'm not sure. The, the Yennefer was my breakout last year. Yeah, no. Um, uh, I will find it. Freya Allen. Freya Allen. There you go. There you go. She was great in The Witcher this season. Mm-hmm. So those are my number three. Number two. And when Greg pointed this out, I was like, no shit, really? I mean, granted, they didn't ask her to do a lot. They did, she did act with her face, and she did a good bit of action. But Alakwa Cox, who plays, what is it, Echo? Yep. In Hawkeye. They were looking for a Native American deaf amputee. And by God, they found one. They put out a casting call for a Native American deaf amputee, and there was actually someone who responded, and she fit the part perfectly, and she did an amazing job. She did a great job. Like, she was really She had convincing. never done anything prior yeah, to that. Yeah, she was and really they, great. They didn't, they didn't hide her behind easy scenes, too. Right. Now, now granted, because, I mean, she didn't do a lot of, she didn't do a lot of, like, the, um, she had, she had like sign language scenes and stuff like that, but um, 
She she had more. I would say she had more action, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. So it, you know, I mean, you can hide a little bit there, but I mean, still, she was she was great. I I really I really enjoyed seeing her, um, in Hawkeye. And this is a this is a non basically a non actor. Yeah. Doing scenes with Jeremy Renner. Like, holy shit. Like, that's not a joke, you know? Like, and it's and it's it's for Marvel on Disney Plus. Like, she's not starting on like some indie film that's being made at like you know, some college. Like she right. got thrown into yeah. the And she's getting her own series. Is she really? Yeah. I mean it's like it's like it's like tomorrow I wake up and they're like, Oh, you're you you play for the Dolphins now. No, no, I don't. No. <laughs> no, you actually could play for the Dolphins. <laughs> okay, hmm. all jokes aside, <laughs> but like, call me. <laughs> I mean, I'm game. I'll be there. You know, but um, but that's that's like that's she got thrown right into the big leagues, and she held her own. It was really, really, yeah. really impressive. Nice. My number one is the Greg pointed it out. The character that elicited the strongest emotional response from me all year. Samantha Sloyan as Bev Keen. God, I wanted to punch that bitch in the face. <laughs> I don't know if she should be happy about this or not. She's a great actress, and that's why yeah. she should be happy, because she was amazing in Midnight Mass. Nice. My breakout performers, uh, some of them are, are line up a little bit. Um, I just changed one. The guy that was the lead in Squid Game, I didn't finish it, but he was really good. Mm, yeah, um, but that did get bumped out just because I didn't finish it. But my number five is Brett Goldstein. He's Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where on uh, Ted Lasso. And not only that, but he also wrote most of the episodes too. Um, but he's he is the foul-mouthed uh, former. Like he in the first season, he's a retiring player, and in the second season, he's. Um, Getting over the fact that he just retired, amongst other he, things. He wrote a lot of those? Oh, yeah. He wrote almost all of the episodes. Really? Yeah. Because he's a great character. Yeah. Wow. Uh, number four, Alakwa Clock. Alakwa Cox. Echo, we just talked about it. Uh, number three, Simu Liu. Shang-Chi. Talked about that. Uh, number two, Catherine Han. She's Agatha. It was Agatha all along. Uh, but my number one is also from Ted Lasso. Uh, he went from being the overlooked kit man for the team where he was just, you know, making, he was uh, folding uniforms and getting them ready and stuff like that. And then people realized he was a little bit of a genius, but then in season two, he broke everyone's heart and became the, my villain of the year, even worse than the the religious crazy person. And that is Nick Muhammad, Nate. Hmm. That last little scene in the end of season two, big time spoiler coming up, big time spoiler coming up. When they they go to the rival football club that was opened by the um, uh, the ex husband by the former owner, yeah. yeah, and then there's him, like all vadered out, like he's wearing like all black or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's just staring at the camera, and he works now for the uh, you know for the enemy, and you're just like, what the fuck? How did it get this far? It, there it is well a done. very good breakdown. Now that you've watched it, there's a very good breakdown of all the microaggressions that happened throughout the season that they put in there specifically to lead up for that moment. And they were so well hidden that like people are like, well, why, why this change? And the, the actor who's really actually very cool and very funny. He was like in every single episode, like 
one of the little ones, for example, before he turned evil or bad, uh, was when everyone else got a free, like, uh, Nespresso coffee machine, and he goes to reach for it, and then she's like, no, it's not. It's for the important people. Okay, so he's there's a slight in every episode. And, well, and then they also hinted, like, that everything he did wasn't good enough for his father. And his father, he basically was becoming his father, who was, like, an asshole the whole time to him. Um, so there, if you look at through all the episodes, and if you also look at any time, like when they were doing the like, because he was the little nerdy guy, right? right? And he was like, they told him to, uh, what's it called? Uh, they told him to like roast the members of the team on the, in the first season. Oh, and he like, and he, and he like ripped into him and it wasn't just like, okay, you need to get better on defense. It was like mean shit. And he like smirked about it. I did notice that as he, these... it wasn't like lighthearted or fun. Yeah, so it was like a two. It was a two season heel yeah. turn, which was great. So, either way, he was really he uh, he pulled it off. Yeah, yep. So those are the breakout performance at performers, and again, I think I might be the only one that has the entertainers of the year. Yep. So this is all of our entertainers of the year. Oh, and mine by my, my my top by the way, like I agree with all you guys, but I think the best for the breakout was was Haley Steinfeld. Like she just killed it. She was so gotcha. good. Oh, we also we do have a one breakout performance from Alec that is. Um, Cody Smith McPhee, who is in Power of the Dog, which apparently I have to see. I don't know anything about that. But okay. I'll have to see that. So my performers of the year, uh, you know, it's just the people that, the entertainers of the year, the people that every time they were on screen or music or whatever, that just made everything that they were in better. Uh, some of them could have been breakout performers also, but I kind of knew some of them. So I'm going to go with uh, number five. Haley Steinfeld, she had to. She could have been an annoying character in Hawkeye, uh, but she wasn't. She was Kate Bishop, spoiled little rich girl, getting into trouble, and you know there's there was potential for it to come off a little like pesky, but she was great, absolutely lovable character. Yeah, uh, number four in honor because people don't know who they are. I don't even know if they actually really exist, but I got to give it up for the story editors. We talked about this a bunch of times. Um, mm. One of the things that's I find amazing, the story editors for Marvel movies. Uh, remember, Spider-Man was supposed to come out after Doctor Strange. And they had to change the entire movie. And they had to make sure that that change made sense. And they had to make sure, because they ended up flopping the movies. Uh, they had to make sure it made sense with two other, you know, a bunch of other movies in another universe. With characters aging with character, you know, with things coming and going with Black Widow getting postponed and wait, what was supposed to come out? I will. Uh, Doctor Strange was supposed to come out before Spider Man. I will tell you right now. If what, what, anyone has a continuity dolphin, it's Disney <laughs> for yeah. sure. So the continuity dolphins at Disney uh, for the Marvel branch, phenomenal. Like, yep. Uh, let's put it this way. Rob didn't find any problems with Spider-Man. No, I did not. All right, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't. I was completely engaged the entire time and was not, like, nitpicking anything. But yep. that's to that, to me, is the, one of the things about the Spider-Man, I mean, I'm sorry, the Marvel Universe versus the, you know, what DC has been trying to do. There's no comparison. There's, I'm sorry, there's zero comparison 
between the Marvel. They bring it on cinematic universe. They bring it on cinematic universe. The, the, the only thing better is the bring it on cinematic universe. That's the only. That's yeah. the only thing that trumps all the other ones. But the Marvel, they, and I mean that is, that is some complex shit. And there's like what a dozen over a dozen movies at this like with shows and everything. It is so well done. I I I it blows me away when I think about it. Like it's 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 fantastic to me. I think I'm gonna do. I want to watch them all in in um, chronological order. order of the movies, not not of release dates. I have now done that three times. Uh, yeah. Wow, <laughs> juggling over a dozen like uh, intellectual properties all at the same time is just impressive. And on top of it, dealing with stuff that has nothing to do with the creative side of it too, because you never know if an actor decides to not do something anymore. Or a company decides to take their characters back or basically says, hey, that's our intellectual property. You can't make him lose to so-and-so or do this. Like, it's all something that has to be done. So uh, whoever did all that, I'll just say John Favreau. I don't know. I have no idea who it is, but it's wonderful. Kevin Feige, I think. I was going to say, he's the one who seems to be the yeah executive producer over all of it. Yeah. Uh, so that's number four. Number three, uh, all three Spider-Men, particularly Andrew Garfield. Uh, Andrew Garfield was kind of the one that people almost forgot because they only had two movies. And, and yeah. see, before Tom Holland, he was my favorite Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he had an amazingly emotional scene. He actually is speci- – uh, he is great in Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, which is the story of the guy – it's on Netflix, I think, or maybe Prime. Mm-hmm. It's the story of the guy that wrote Rent and then basically died right as it was becoming huge, like right before it got started actually. Uh, it's and I don't like musicals, but it's, I didn't like Rent at all. I, I wasn't a big fan of Rent either, but this I actually really liked. It was very interesting. Um, admittedly, I'm not done with it yet because I have to watch it with my wife, who can only watch ten minutes of something before falling asleep. <laughs> so I will. So I will be done with to it. Watch Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> <laughs> in ten minute snippets. That's actually my other podcast, Lord of the Rings in ten minute snippets. <laughs> Wow. We're on episode 475. <laughs> We're almost done with the first movie. Um, oh, Boromir, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> that's my number three. Uh, number two, I've talked about this too much, but Halsey, YouTuber, you can't be my album of the year and not end up in my entertainer of the year. But number one, every time she had a scene, and this is also one of those characters that could go horribly wrong. Every time she had an opportunity for a joke, an action sequence, anything, Florence Pugh as Yelena mm. rose to the top, and every time she was on the screen, I was super excited. She showed up randomly. You're so funny, Kate Bishop. She, she kicked yeah. ass. She really did. I mean, I've never seen someone eat macaroni and cheese and be cracking up about it. Like me, cracking up about it. Or the, when she like first appeared in the fight sequence, I was like, yes, because I was kind of surprised. Um, making fun of Black Widow for the way she lands. Why you land like this? Like, oh, that was a great it's... scene. That was really funny. Mm-hmm. You just and you're, then, a you, poser. You flick, you're a poser. You flick your hair. <laughs> like, you, why? Why do? You, why do you flick <laughs> like that? Even the just the the moments of tenderness where she's talking about like how they had to like remove her lady bits to make her uh, like a Black Widow. Like it just she was oh, great. The, she was everything. They all got yeah, hysterectomies, like, yeah. So it's just uh, incredible, and she, you know, she was in. Um, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Summer's Be, but that is not it. Uh, summer. Shit. I would, I would also like to acknowledge 
the the filmmakers for that for that transition scene yes. in Hawkeye that was amazing Wait, that was so well presented the and and the the um where she got snapped and then she came back oh she went God, to wash her so hands good. And she just like evaporated and then re-evaporated. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? And as as shit is going on, you realize, oh, she got snapped. She did. Oh, snap. But it was yeah, so. Yeah, came back and had no idea what, what it happened. But it was so matter-of-factly, like, it, because what she was doing was just so mundane. It was perfectly seamless. And I was like, because part of it is a lot of times in, in, in whatever movies, shows, whatever, you can kind of like. You kind of know something's about to happen for whatever reason. This was just, it was so seamlessly done that she just disappears and then back. And then they change the walls around her. Remember like the, mm-hmm. the like the, the the color of the walls or whatever changes and she's like, what the fuck? You know, what's what going, is on? going on? Dude, that was, that gave me goosebumps. That, that, that blew my mind. That scene was so well done. That was actually one of my holy shit scenes that I, that's one I wrote down and totally forgot about. So that's oh, it. Love it. That's um, that was such a good call, Rob. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that also makes me wonder what happened to people who were in planes when they got snapped. Oh. <laughs> there's a downer. Because you came back and there's no <laughs> plane there anymore. Yep. That's a problem. That's really a really Love. good idea. That's a really interesting point. Because now, were there just like people falling from the sky? Like, what's the deal? Cruise ships. Cruise ships. Interesting. Ooh, wow. Okay. Making sweet, tender love to Rob. Mm-hmm. And then I'm no longer there. <laughs> yeah. And then I come back, and I'm like, where did Greg go? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go, man? But, like, different people are there now, and you're just, like, naked in their room? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm here. <laughs> Let's not waste this moment. <laughs> Who are these other people? Oh, they're the new hosts of the Give Me Hot podcast. We we, we, re- we replaced you. Oh my god! I picture myself like sneaking out of his room, like in like when in the game the arcade game Rampage when you lost, you became like naked and you like had to do that weird walk where you like cross. Your oh, legs. that's right, like, that little sideways oh slide out. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I watched that movie earlier this year, the the rock with the rock, you know, Rampage. And screw screw you, new hosts. <laughs> Uh, so that was the year 2021. In a nutshell, with in all of its in all of its glory. Uh, so uh, that's really it. Thank you guys all for listening. We have all sorts of fun stuff coming up in 2022. We love you, Fiji. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually literally bought a case of Fiji water at Costco for, because of that. Um, and and you can look forward to the Give Me Five podcast. Bring it on. <laughs> This summer I'll bring it on. <laughs> I'm gonna hate this, but it's gonna be fantastic. Oh my god, it's now gonna it's be a thing. thing. Oh my god, we can't back out. Oh. <laughs> oh, how many people are really gonna hear it? That, you know, I mean, remember, it's just three guys talking. <laughs> Give me five podcast summer. Bring it on. Oh, delightful. Thank you guys for listening. And. Like I always say, I'm from Eastern Europe. Everything I do smells like cabbage.